Listeners, welcome back to Hussman FC episode 4. I'm Nicola Volpi and I am joined, as always, by our Saudi Pro League correspondent, Roy Cycli. Whoa, I did not see that one coming. I'm back, just like Harry Maguire in England. Ooh, own goal cheeky own in goal. the 63rd minute. I'm back. He's Well, he never left the England team, did he? No, it's actually kind of crazy, though, that he's still there. He doesn't play for his country, or sorry, for his club, but he's still a starter and, you know, is there almost all the time. And he's just, he came on at the 45th, got an own goal in the 63rd. I don't know at what point you start feeling bad for the guy, but I'm not there yet. I think I might be getting there, actually, because I've been an ardent critic ever since he made the move from uh, from Leicester, basically. Then he had the, the summer with the... Uh, the infamous scenes in Greece, everything. I've never liked him, but now I'm starting to come to the other side where I'm like, have we been too mean to this kid? I mean, he makes, what, a bunch of money a week, 200000 250000 a week. He refused to leave this summer to West Ham, so... Which I don't could think have been a good move for everyone, actually. Could have been, but I think they got a better prospect West Ham and Constantino Mavropanos the ex-Arsenal player. Who only you would know. Please enlighten our listeners. Yes, six foot five, Greek center back. He's very quick and has some bunnies to him. He can jump very high, good defender. He was Arsene Wenger's last signing before he left. Um, he's, I think he's going to be good. He has a good recovery speed, and he went out to the Bundesliga after he did make it at Arsenal, and now he's back for for thirty million to Wenger's West Ham. last signing means he arrived like six years ago. He did. Okay, slow uh, late bloomer, slow developer. Well, he couldn't get in behind the defensive powerhouse that is Mustafi, so he had to <laughs> he had to make his way out. You're really making your case here, um, Roy. Something I want to run by you. I was on holiday last week. And I had a bit of a realization, an epiphany. So I'm sitting there at lunch one day, and there's two brothers, uh, young kids, you know, one maybe six, the other eight, sitting at lunch with their parents, and they're wearing two football shirts. They're two, I believe they were Danish kids, two blonde Danish kids sitting at that table. Do you any guesses as to what shirts they were wearing? Jack Grealish. Okay, nice guesses. I like how you went, you know, two different clubs, even though they're brothers. So you're you're on the right track. But no, Roy. I don't think there, I was on the right track at all. There was one of them had a Miami Messi shirt. Oh. And the other one, do you want to guess? Argentina Messi? No. <laughs> Ronaldo Al Nasser. Wow. I'm not joking. That was sitting next to me. And that made me think, this, Roy is the new generation of football fans where the allegiance, like we see in the NBA now, is to players and following them around wherever they go and not to clubs. How does that make you feel? I think we just have to get used to it at this point. I, so obviously being in the States and um, getting to, to see the messy highlights everywhere on social media, I have a cousin who is in LA. He went to the Inter-Miami LAFC match. He's a season ticket holder before, and he he wanted to witness it. And he said about ninety percent of 
this the audience in the stadium were wearing Messi jerseys, but mm-hmm. Messi at Barca, Messi at PSG, Argentina. Right. Um and it's got maybe that's like the most extreme example of a player that's transcending the team in terms of popularity and going into pop culture. You know, they had I think the list was officially thirty eight um superstars or a-list celebrities that went to that match specifically but i think we're seeing it a lot now where people don't necessarily care that you know ronaldo is not on manchester united anymore they're gonna buy that jersey and like you're saying i was walking you know in my neighborhood yesterday and i saw the same ronaldo jersey so crazy the The almasa one yeah that's insane even in portugal i don't know sure um you know if you've been or as at the airport, they have a <laughs> a connection, a Ronaldo connection, where it has nothing to do with him in the Portuguese jersey, but right, crazy. I mean, but then that got me thinking of now if we were becoming football fans nowadays, only watching YouTube highlights as they do, not watching any full matches, not having any allegiance to a club, which in a way could be good because you're less tribal, right? But if we were choosing a player to follow for the next 10, 15 years of his career, irrespective of what club he goes to, who would you choose right now? If I'm a kid, Kylian yeah. Mbappe. Yeah, that's a clear one, especially if he makes the Madrid move next summer. Yeah, if he makes the Madrid move. And then for everybody, every kid or person who's just getting into the game and they watch that World Cup final, mm-hmm. I don't know, they keep on saying that. I don't know what it's like for you when you're when you're watching right it's different commentary but they're obsessed on speaking about the age of players you know oh, like yeah. 36 year old messi or 23 year old mbappe yeah in his second world cup final yeah all these stats they pull out just to show like how crazy it is yeah. what they're doing when if i'm you know 10 11 tuning into my first world cup and i see this 23-year-old, 24-year-old who's so fast and fun to watch scoring the goals, that would probably be the player that I'm going to follow for the next few years. I think you can make a shout for Holland as well. Yeah. That's the golden ball rivalry maybe of the next 10 years. But I do think, honestly, especially if I look at that Madrid team. Jude. I, I, I could go Jude, definitely. I could go Vinny. I think Vinny is within a shout of competing with these guys for, for the next 10, 12 years if he if he keeps on the but form. But he's older he's though, right? He's he's like 24, isn't he? He could be, but I mean, we're not talking even in even this close is, to your prime if you January, stay healthy, right? Deep in the January transfer transfer yeah, he's, back. He's 23. He's from 2000. Few, two seasons ago when he was on the, on the outskirts of Real Madrid, Mikel Arteta tried bringing him and he was this close. This close, this, this close. close. It's always this close. No, but before, Vinny, before Don Carlo said, absolutely not. <laughs> of course, Don Carlo, who by the way is gonna leave Real Madrid at the end of the season, but is gonna stay with Vinny to coach him on the Brazilian national team. The Silesau. That's such vibes. Ancelotti coaching Brazil. I love it. I mean, is he the? Is he gonna be the the coach that finally sits Richarlison down? And doesn't play him? It might have to be because Big Ange isn't doing it at Spurs yet. I saw an interview that he had after the friendly, I think against Bolivia, um, Richarlison that is, 
where he was taught a reporter was asking him how does he feel coming back to Tottenham and his response was just like I'm getting help <laughs> I'm gonna see a psychologist oh God. Uh, or sorry a psychiatrist and I'm gonna start scoring goals so after, I can unlock my mind so after he scored one all of last Premier League season yeah he's my, gotta go uh, down as a shout for the worst neck tattoo in the Premier League but his neck tattoo isn't half as bad as what he has tattooed on his back. Did you see I, that last season? I still don't believe that's real. Like, you can't convince me that a man... I just saw it. The man gets a tattoo of an idol who's still alive and playing on the same team as him <laughs> on his back. That is... Not just him. He had R9, Ronaldo Nazario de and Lima, Neymar. Neymar. That's what I'm saying. Did you see who the third one on his back was? No. <laughs> There's the third? I thought he was the third. <laughs> but the th that's the best part. He's the third one. He and he doesn't even, he doesn't even look face. good. He didn't even get the tattoo artist to make him look good on his own body. It was the same one that made the Ronaldo statue at the airport at Madeira. <laughs> <laughs> Transcends pop culture, but that oh, is crazy. Man. You're on it. You're on the same international team as Neymar, and you just walk into the. If I'm Neymar, I walk into the locker room one day, and that's on his back. I'm telling respect. him to leave. No, there's that's not respect. That's uh, maybe he gets uh, he he'll miss Neymar uh, so much that he'll have to be on the same continent as him and also go down to the Saudi league. Uh, he seems like a player that will go that route. He did yeah. score a hell of a goal at the World Cup. Ah, in the first round, yeah, in the yeah. group stage. Uh, he I basically did Didn't he get a goal at the tournament? He must have. That was like a Ronaldinho-esque uh, Chilena from 05-06, which he would do routinely. Richarlison. Richarlison. And speaking of Richarlison, Roy, after the break, on to our main segment, which has nothing to do with Richarlison. In a way, it does, though. Well... Yeah, in a way it does. We'll get to it, listeners. See you after the break. Listeners, welcome back to Hossman FC. Football nerddom by football nerds for football nerds. And where better to go than another conceptual 11? And this time, Roy... It is the Bad Hair 11. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. So the Bad Hair 11 listeners, uh, where this started actually, was inspiration on one of our last episodes from uh, Zinedine Zidane, who in the late 90s was sporting, you know, just a bald spot, which he, someone should have let him know. And nobody did. And so what we set out to do is build our own 11, not the hair transplant 11, so not all bald players, right? But... Crazy, bad, hair day, 11. We each have created our own formations. Uh, we haven't told each other anything in terms of the players we've picked, and we're going to try to assemble them in the same way we did in, in episode one with the Cholo Simeone 11. Now, we're going to try to make the strongest possible team, uh, while at the same time having ridiculous conversations about the, their hair and the legacies of these players. Roy, what were your guiding principles in assembling your team? So I didn't just do the bad hair for a tournament. Like, you know, the, there's always the players that go out for the Euros and they bleach blonde their hair. Right. But 
those who have stayed for at least a couple of games or that was just their style for the season for 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 a couple of seasons and then i also thought i didn't want to be too harsh on those players who hadn't just let it go yet and you know in a way it was hard for some of these positions and i don't want to spoil anything now where it was kind of cool they're here but at the same time kind of outrageous (laughs) <laughs> to have that be your hairstyle every single day of your life. So those are my only real guiding principles. And then, you know, it's kind of hard with some of these players because you think that's like, oh, I didn't really have right now. If, if you think about the player, you don't instantly think of that hairstyle. So I might have to explain a little bit, but yeah. those were really the principles. And I, I went with a, a, a standard four four two, And one thing I found very difficult Defenders, for the most part, they keep it, they keep it clean, clean and professional. I had so much difficulty finding, especially the the right back, the left back. I thought that was very difficult. Although I have a personal hatred of my my left back, and I think his hair, his barber needs to go, needs to go (laughs) right away. But once you start getting up to the flare players. It gets it gets tough. My bench was pretty deep, and I had to really think. You know, I'm sure we might have one or two that are overlapping. There's a Certainly. couple of absolute superstars, but that's what I went with, and that's how I was kind of grounding my my thought process. What about you? No, that's good. And then at the end, because I have a bunch which will fall under the category of honorable mention because they didn't make my squad, but I think it's it's good to give certain haircuts a shout out. I had similar guiding principles. Uh, I also wanted a bit of balance, right? So I didn't want all badly balding guys, right? Like you said, I didn't want all shaggy long-haired dudes. And then the difficulty was with some of them that they could go either way and I had to make choices, right? Because if someone is in the bad hair 11, they can't with a good haircut be in the good hair 11. That player is taken. I want to be clear on that because there are some Uh which, uh, which could go... Well, we didn't on talk the day about of the week. that. I might have to throw an audible. Yeah, you, you might have to. We might have to do it live. And where better to start than with the goalkeepers, Roy? Who do you? Oh no, sorry. Formation. Oh. What did you go? I went four four two. Okay, I went three four three because, like you said, right backs and left backs very difficult to find with bad haircuts. So I went uh, a bit alternative with my formation. All right. So this is. Starting at goalkeeper, um, yeah. and I had seen in start of the the EPL season this year, they had a segment with ex American players, and they have Casey Keller. If you the remember bald. him, bald, but you have to look at his early days at Millwall. He had some real long hair, like you never would think. If you look at this picture, this guy is going to go bald in his playing career. And it was mm-hmm. the long hair kind of almost covering his eyes when he parts it to the side, but then oh, also wow. the I'm looking at it as yeah. well. And to go from that hairstyle to bald within a playing career, it's, I think he looks better bald if you're, if you're just looking at the hair. No doubt. But it looks like if you look at the evolution of his hair, he didn't just go mullet with bangs to shaved head he had that in between stage where he's hiding some stuff yeah 
and then he just let it go. But speaking about the goalie himself, I think it was the first time when I'm watching the U.S. men's team and either him or Landon Donovan are the two players that kind of stick out to me. He was a pretty decent keeper. And I do remember he always would chew gum like a monster. Yeah. And that jawline was impeccable. So I was going to go with with Casey Keller as goalie. There's another one that I was, I, I wanted to hold back on. I had to, I want to see who your goalie is. If it, it may be, I, something tells me that you went with this, with this guy. Okay. So, I mean, Casey Keller, it's, it's a great shout. I remember Casey Keller as one of those. He was always vying with Brad Friedel for the yep. spot. They were about the same age, right? U.S. national team. And kind of that era of transition for, for the U.S. team that when he started playing, they weren't really playing soccer uh, men uh, in the U.S. at the time because he must have started already, you know, in college mid-80s or so. And yeah. then uh, he went through that evolution. But I think he also got spells at uh, at Spurs uh, and the like and has played quite a while in Germany too. So great shout on Casey Keller. I had no clue, honestly, that he had that mullet with bangs, which is very, screams very 80s uh, Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, so speaking of 80s Bundesliga, my guy at one point also had that mullet, but that's not what I'm nominating him for. One of the greatest keepers of all time, potentially the greatest of his generation until he handed the baton to Gigi Buffon, was the master of what looked like the $5 haircut, not just because he had it shaggy and blonde all over the place, uncombed, but because if you zoom in on it, there are no aligned points. There is no logic to the hair. It looks like he did it himself in the mirror. <laughs> Der Titan Oliver Kahn. Oh. I mean, tough to beat. That That's fantastic. That is and, a, he's a, let's be honest, he's a much better goalie than Casey <laughs> Keller. So uh, what I wanted to say on who I thought you'd go with, just because I know you've seen the video, is Rene Aguita, the Colombian goalkeeper who did the Legend. Scorpion save. Um, and I was thinking about putting him in the team after reading more of his stats. He was a direct free kick specialist. He would take all the penalty kicks. As a goalie, I think he had something like between 30 and 40 professional goals. And just it outrageous. The hair, the hairstyle was just as crazy. Extravagant, um, so, but I wouldn't say bad Rene Higuita's hair, would you? I wouldn't say good. <laughs> he could play on both teams, I think, in yeah, this case. So that's why we might have to, he might be a repeat name in the best hair 11 for goalie. Right. Okay. Well, who do we go for now? I think over Casey Keller, we got to go over uh, the can. The, if 100%. this team needs to win championships, come on. 100%. All right. Casey you Keller put- is a good number two. <laughs> yeah, he's a good number two. Decent. All right, Casey. Sit on the bench. Keep it warm because we're moving on to the defense. And now, since I have a three at the back, which essentially are all center backs, should we do center backs and yep. then kind of decide whether to include the right and left backs or not? Yeah, sounds All right. good. Center back, your first. So I'm going not just with normal hair, but player I dislike deeply, deeply. Uh-huh. Wet hair, David Luiz. Wet hair, David Luiz. On a rainy night in Stoke, David. Luiz. On a rainy night and a rainy night, he's bald with with hair. Explain me that. Explain it to me. And not only that, I'm not sure if you've been keeping up with him. 
he popped up on my Instagram. He now has his hair bleach dyed. So imagine the hair with blonde in it. That has to be, I mean, the guy's pushing almost 40. He must at be. Point, yeah. At what point are you just going with a, uh, a normal society haircut? But instead, you're getting bleach in your hair. And I just, for as much as I dislike him, there he had a period where he was a pretty decent center back, can pass the ball from the back, which would fit in this uh, day and age as we build the 11. So I'm going to go with David Luiz. And next to him, the other center back I'm picking is, you know, you can put in either way, but I'm going with Carlos Puyol. Okay. Okay, that's I, another one that I was like, okay, where should I put him? And then ended up not putting him in. So I put him in, I mean, when you say leader. Oh, big time. 10-inch toenails. Yeah, he's he sets the tone. Great player. Part of the Barca teams that would break my heart every year. Whenever and the Arsenal Spain teams them. that would break mine. Spain team. Amazing player. His hair was just wild. He didn't even use like a net, not a net, like a little headband in the game. He just let it go everywhere. He heads the ball and has to take his his hand and cover the hair out of his face. He did not care. I don't think he still cares, but legend amazing player. Yeah, and and I'll never forget. It was the 2010 World Cup semifinal where he comes flying out of nowhere on a corner kick against Germany and scores the winner with his head. Just this these curly locks kind of flying all over the place like a saucer, and he barricades it in. He wasn't that tall, was he? No, I don't remember him being that tall. I mean, he must be... But he was so damn strong for a, for a center half, was just incredibly tough. Yeah, he was less than, less than six foot, which for a center half is, is nothing. Just under six foot. So you put Puyol and David Luiz. Okay. Now let's see mine. So I have three, right? Yep. My first one from that Nigeria team that made a run in the late 90s, having played for both Milan and Inter, Taribo West. Now, do you remember Taribo? He had these dreadlocks that he would have kind of looking like tree branches on the top of his head. I know uh, who you're talking about. And he would dye them green for the tournaments and it just looked like something was off with Taribo. There were just like stems growing out of the top of his head like little branches. Um, not the best defender of all time but like iconic cut. Iconic. And great Nigeria team. Respect there. I think they, they made a run at the at the Olympics and at the World Cup. My other one is... Rio Ferdinand. (laughs) And which Rio? I'm talking... Bleach blonde hair. Buzz. Rio. That's what we need to choose. Is it that Rio or is it dreaded cornrows Rio from the early 2000s? I think it's got to be the the bleach blonde. Bleach Rio? Yeah. It could very well be bleach Rio, which... He signed for Fergie with that hairstyle, I'm pretty sure. It's embarrassing. I mean, he's lucky he still got signed after that, but he was, as they like to call him, you know, these history revisionists, a Rolls Royce of a defender. No, no. <laughs> he's not having it, ladies and gentlemen. And then my last one, you'll remember this guy. He was at Milan at one point, and he even went to the 2014 World Cup with Italy 
uh, naturalized Argentinian, Gabriel Paleta. Oh. He was a guy who, he had no hair on top, basically, but he was still growing it long. Uh, and it was just one of these awkward, oh. awkward scenarios. So shout out to Gabriel Paleta. I mean, I don't think he makes it into this team, whether we go three center backs or two, but just wanted to throw that out there. Those are some tough haircuts. Those are some tough. real tough, real tough haircuts. So I think for sure we we choose two in the meantime, right? Um, I mean, look, if if it has to be like if you're talking about the best center backs in this, who also did the bad hair day, I think it's obvious who the two are, right? Yeah, I think it's got to be Carlos Puyol. Puyol and Rio. Yep. So sorry That's to Reba pretty, West. Yeah. That's a pretty tough, tough center back pairing. That is a tough center back pairing. My only concern with it is do they like the pace? Then again, let's see who covers for them. I don't know. Early day Ferdinand was, was quite quick. That's true. That's true. That's very and true. Puyol, I feel, would just use captain energy. To, to get wherever he needed to be. He did cover a ton of ground in that Barca team. He made a career from from just like defying expectations, right? So yeah, so let's go Puyol and Ferdinand and now let's hear your your backs. So uh, I'm going to go with yeah. the right back. Loved him as a player, but hairstyle, terrible. Uh-huh. Bakary Sanya. Yeah, hairstyle terrible. Um, so it's not just the. <laughs> what for me did it was whenever he would, if it if it flew around in a game, you would see that the middle of his head was shaved completely. Yeah, it so was the, parted, right? It was parted, but then the the cornrows start on the side, <laughs> and then somehow they stay too like. If one would like come undone in a game, it would just be outrageous. But the, and then he would he would bleach it as well. It was just a tough tough hairstyle to to be rocking. And what what makes it even crazier is when you see him now or when he was playing, I think in Montreal, mm-hmm. he got rid of it. He he grew out of it in his mid thirties, and now he just looks even stranger to me. With just a normal, a normal haircut. What's he rocking? Just a crew cut now, or just what? a crew cut, like a a high fade, high fade of a you know no 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 highlights, no no dye. He still looks super fit. He always posts these videos of himself doing some workouts. So he's probably early forties, <laughs> mid forties now. Yeah, but... forty. I'm seeing it. He would have been a totally different vibe player had he had that haircut his whole career from the Arsenal days to the Man City ones. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think he still had it at Man City. It's whatever he left the, yeah. the glamour of the Premier League. He, he probably thought, Hey, maybe this isn't, this isn't for me anymore. And then for my, for my left back, and this is the guy I was talking about earlier, but I have a, if we're going with your fourth, I, I, you might have this guy in your attacking three four three. So I want to make sure I, I mentioned this. Matt Ritchie at Newcastle has in, uh, unintentionally the worst barber in all oh, of England. Yeah. 
Yeah. He never Se- gets second the Second podcast right. mention, actually, for Matt Ritchie. Yeah, I mean, Matt Ritchie, feel free to hop on a pod with us, but you got you to gotta let the barber go, man. The, the bowl cuts, the fades, they're not doing it right. He's not a bad player, actually, but... Isn't he Dan Burns' backup, though? No, I don't think he makes the, the team anymore. Who, Dan, Dan Burns' Burn? backup is now going to be that Lewis Hall <laughs> kid that they they got from Chelsea. Okay, so, I mean, horrible haircut, Matt Ritchie, but third string for Newcastle, I don't know if we can put well, him out on the, the left. He, he's, he's, he was part of the transition team. Okay, you had, okay. You well, had Roy Sykley, loyal in. to the game here. I mean, Dan Byrne also has horrible hair, but that guy's a no-nonsense six-foot-seven left back. What do you expect from from that? <laughs> um, I do a shout just because now, late stages, he's playing at left back for Ivan Perisic, specifically his 2016 Euro Croatia yeah. Croatia flag in, in the, the back hair. of his head. Yeah, that's a terrible. That's a terrible. It's patriotic, terrible. Roy. Uh, <laughs> so I think we have a decision to make because you had a four four two or a yeah four four two. So it's either we go four four two with Bakari Sanya on the right, but I don't really like having this Matt Ritchie on the left. Let's go three four three. Should with we go three four three? Bakari Sanya playing the right center center half. Right okay. center back. He can play in the back three. We're thinking later stages where okay. he could really be the Swiss Army knife defender. Okay. So him over David Luiz. Definitely. Or Taribo West. Bakri Sanya st- <laughs> play st- playing wise better than both of those players. Okay. So what we've locked in so far, listeners, is Oliver Kahn, the Titan in goal to bring some much needed intensity to the squad. And then three center backs. With Bakari Sanya on the right, Carlos Puyol in the middle, and Rio Ferdinand on the left. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, Roy, moving into our midfield four, I'll start us off here. On the right, this is one that on six out of ten haircuts could have been in the good hair 11. If you look at him now, retired, one of the most handsome men on earth, there were a couple haircuts in the late 90s and early 2000s, which he did not pull off. I know who this is. David Beckham. Cornrows David Beckham. It's Cornrows David Beckham. (laughs) Indeed, it's Cornrows David Beckham. Disgraceful, disgraceful haircut. He had so many good ones. But for me, it was between Cornrows David Beckham and uh, Mohawk with everything else shaved David Beckham, who looked like an ultra hooligan from Millwall. And then wasn't it the story that Ferguson he told like, him he, he made him shave it off? Yeah, after Ferguson had like booted him to the face in another encounter. The the hairdryer, the legend. So Beckham, I think he's got to be out there on the right. Also, oh, definitely. one of the most technically gifted players of that generation. Like I think it's... He, he was still slightly before, you know, YouTube and everything came in. So I don't think the youth of today really recognizes him for, for the quality he had on the pitch. They see him as the owner of Miami and, uh, you know, on, on TV all the time or whatever. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I actually had him as my, when you're thinking of a, a, a right mid specifically, 
there's no uh, there's no better player with the cornrows. I think the best part about it, if you look at the pictures, he had got on probably summer holiday, and at the <laughs> end of the holiday, he decided to get it. So he has these tan line gaps where his hair was probably normal the whole time. The the tan starts to to set in, and then he he probably on the last day of holidays, like I'm gonna get these cornrows, and it's gonna look great. It's so, like when uh, when you're in like sixth grade and kids come back from spring break with all the beads and uh well, and you stuff say sixth in their hair. Grade, yeah. yeah. You say sixth grade. I my senior year at college, I had my my roommate. We we were at a spring break and he ended up getting cornrows and he didn't actually he couldn't take them out. The lady did them so oh, tight. tight. Ah. So tight. He couldn't take them out. And we were on this cruise. So he came back to to Cincinnati in March with still cornrow hairstyle for at least another week before he was able to take it out without hurting his hair. So, well, okay. Who did you have uh, as right mint? Just in I case. Had David, I had David Beckham as well. Oh, ah, okay. All that right. That was like the first person I put down. Yeah. Because it's so iconic and just, it feels weird now that, you know, late stage, uh, David Beckham. Exactly. And the other reason I, I would have him there is right mid. I remember when he came to Milan on those loan spells from the Galaxy, late career Beckham. He was also being played as right back at times, and he was really tracking back and doing the work. So in terms of work ethic, I think also something we need uh, on this team. Yeah. So Cent- we're going to go to the center mids now? Center mids it is. All right. Well, my first is going to be a pretty tenacious midfielder. I think he would probably consider himself a bad boy just looking at the tattoos and everything. But I'm going to go with Raul Morales. He was honorable mention on my list. Didn't make the cut, but yeah, I see it. I mean, he's got completely bald head with a mohawk that goes into this massive beard. But the best part is the mohawk's not kept. Or once he starts sweating, it is not short hair mohawk. It's kind no. of long. Yeah. And so it just drapes over his head. And then near the late stage of his career, same hairstyle, beard would get longer. Hair yeah. would start to get thinner up top. So he has the mohawk with some strands coming down, some to the side. And <laughs> I'm not really sure what he was going for. I mean... Commitment. He was all about, I think it was the picture, you know, those Champions League games where they take the photo, they walk out. He has the gel yeah. just right before he starts to sweat. Yeah. And he looks like a, like a player. But once he starts sweating and running around or if it's raining, it looks tough. Champions League winning midfielder Raul Morales with that haircut. Had an engine on. Yeah, absolutely. He was He was fundamental to that Chelsea run in 2012, actually under uh, Roberto Di Matteo. And also he was a mainstay in the Portugal team, which came within shouts of uh, of winning things. Was he still there in that 2016 Euro win? I don't think he was there in 2016. No, right? no. That's probably why they won? Probably. Poor old like, Carvalho in the middle. Yeah. He's a, he was a dead player. Cavallo played forever. Yeah. Yeah, Raul Morales. Yeah, he stopped with the national team in 2014, so he wasn't part of that. But yes, I think that's that, that's a good shout. I also considered him. Um, who's your other center mid? So this is tough because 
I really wanted to put Zidane there. Yeah. I, I really did, just in terms of pure pure talent. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll hand it back to you because I have a, a third option, which could go in either good hair, bad hair, but I wanted to, I wanted to hand it to you first. Okay. So I have that like 97 to 99 Zidane there might be too attacking for, uh, then going also with three strikers, but gotta have him there. I mean, like it had to go, um, (laughs) at the time listeners look up pictures of Zidane at Juventus from the back angle. Uh, he did not look nearly <laughs> as cool as he did uh, with what you're familiar from once he's at Real Madrid later. So Zidane, and also then, you know, he's really, it starts to be quite an insane team with Zidane and Beckham uh, as they were then at, uh, at Madrid. My other one, and here I, I did consider our friend, friend of the podcast, Antonio Conte, just to troll him because he had so much less hair when he played than he does now. Um, but the the one I ended up going with, I went way back with Bobby Charlton, who sported a shameless comb over, we would call it, in winning uh, everything with Man United in England at the time. Okay, you went deep in the archives. I really I did. Do know the, I know. I do know the the image you're talking about. There were worse ones than the Bobby Charlton one, uh, but the the players weren't uh, nearly good enough to uh, yeah. to satisfy being in the team. One well, of them from your boys, yeah. Blackburn, Noel Brotherston. Uh, <laughs> I encourage all the listeners to Google that and see day. what happens. It's uh, it's an afro with basically no hair down the middle. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so, who was your other one? It was going to be Marouane Fellaini, but not just the normal mm. hairstyle. The I think it was the Euros where he has the darkest hair that you can possibly get. And he tried putting <laughs> highlights in his afro, the blonde highlights. And I remember looked, that, yeah. It looked terrible. It turned out red a little bit and then blonde in some 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 spaces. And I think it was so bad, he shaved the afro down a little bit. But if we want some more defensive presence, I would have went with Marlon Fellaini. But Morelos can provide that cover too, or no? He could, but I guess it really depends on who you think has the more. I'd want Zidane in my in my midfield, obviously. So and, w- we agree on Zidane. He's in Zizou, and we have a lot of toughness already with Ferdinand and Puyol. <laughs> yes. I don't know if we need Raul Morales or if we put in Bobby Charlton. Bobby. Should we should we give Bobby the, the call I up here? I think we do. Let's go. Legend sir. of the game. Bobby Charlton. Legend of the game. There's the Bobby Charlton stand at your favorite stadium, Old Trafford. All right. That's the end of the pod. <laughs> That's All slander. Right. Left, uh, left mid or left oh, wing. Here's, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's an Arsenal thing. But I'm going with the Pepe before he became Pepe, Gervinho at Arsenal. Oh, you play him as a left mid. He's a left mid. He can do I, left wing, left mid. Okay, because He's not I not w- a striker. I would have him in my three up front as the wing. Okay. No, but 
what you putting him there gives me, you know, some uh well, some he's more not mobility. Back, but again, when I had four four two, I had him as my left mid. And for all the sure <laughs> all of us <laughs> he was actually a decent player. I he just had no end product. He could dribble past five, six players, and then he goes to shoot, and he'll shoot it probably in row X above <laughs> above the goal. And maybe Arsene Wenger thought, I can unlock this guy to to become an elite talent. But sadly, that did not that did not happen. And I just want to give a shout out to his hair. There is a clip I remember watching. Oh God! And he's sprinting. He's playing for Ivory Coast. He's sprinting down the wing and somebody pulls on his hair and it's like a toupee. It comes off and he puts it back on <laughs> mid-sprint. It was fake all along. It was fake all along. And he, if you remember some of the games he would wear like a, almost like a bandana, a black yeah. bandana. And I'm wondering if that was just hair tied to the inside of the bandana to make give him the give us the illusion that he was rocking cornrows, but there was actually no hair. Oh God! I mean, what a shout! I remember the same thing happened to him when he was at Roma, both the dribbling everybody and shooting it into the stands, and the toupee coming off. But in a way, he has to be on in the team precisely because his bad hair wasn't even his. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> yeah, it, it was rough. And I think there's a coffee table at my house that is broken for me slapping it after jumping off the couch when he has one of these one of these incredible runs and then all of a sudden he just skies it or miss miss kicks the ball, misses the ball completely. It was truly a spectacle where he convinces everybody that he's going to have an end product after being able to get by all the defenders in front of him. There's one specifically against, I think in 2013, Man City at home, mm-hmm. where he did dribble by five, six players. He had a one-on-one with the goalie and kicked the ball so hard that the Arsenal fans started booing him before the goal kick even <laughs> went through. And you have to think, he started at the midfield line, dribbled down, and the fans were going crazy. By the time he shot the ball... The fans had already turned on him. And that kind of summarizes Gervinho oh, in, in, in one play. Gervinho, Gervinho. Okay, let's put him there. I agree. I had, um, and he'll come in the honorable mention section later uh, with, with some of these others because I'm just going to run down that gauntlet later and I want okay. you to, to give me your usual one-worder for each. So <laughs> now the three up front would be, well, it depends how you want to set it up. If you want it pointy triangle narrow or if you want it with two wings doing the work and then a a striker he's thinking because I would have it the way I have it is with two wings I I think we go two wings okay let's see what comes you have to keep that space for Zidane to run into after good point very good point Uh, we are a bit lopsided with Zidane and Gervinho on the same side of the pitch Potentially. Zidane has other ways to defend. Now, my right wing, Roy, 
with the rat tail. I don't know what else to call it. I know who you're talking about. Rodrigo Palacio. Ugh, just disgusting. What a cut. I remember watching him before he even came to uh, to Europe when he was at Boca Juniors World Club Cup final against Milan back when we still, you know, used to dabble a bit in, the, in those types of competitions. Um <laughs> And I remember this guy just flying in, coming in, scoring a header. He must have been 20, 21 at the time. Fully shaved, but with this little strand of hair coming out the back. Which It wasn't going, little. No, it was going well below his shoulder blades. It was uh, never seen something before that or since then. My brother and I used to call him Anakin. <laughs> I So maybe he was the inspiration. I don't know when he would have been. What was his career playing in the mid 2000s to probably like 2013, 14? Even later, I remember him scoring in a Milan derby in like, uh, yeah, 14, 15, probably. He had peaked so, by then. Going back to the, the Roy archives, I, my senior year, had a double rat tail with an afro and beaded with beads of my high school team, the colors for the double rat tail so respect uh rodrigo palacio um i'm just looking up rodrigo here at the moment so he retired from professional football a year ago september 2022 playing with brescia in city b that's after he had a run with uh, with bologna after his inter days and Interesting here, though, when you look up Rodrigo Palacio on Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, it says Rodrigo Sebastian Palacio Alcalde is an Argentine professional basketball player and (laughs) former footballer who played as a second striker. Now, why basketball, Roy? Because if you scroll down, uh, what you find out, what you discover is that on on 26 September 2022, Palacio retired from professional football and started playing basketball. That's fantastic. He switched sports. He is the Deion Sanders of Argentina. <laughs> this you is crazy. You could also say the Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's he, it. That's incredible. Apparently, and to make he it plays even crazier, for, he's 5'9". He's 5'9", and he plays with, guess who, because they're from the same hometown in Argentina, Manu Ginobili. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite NBA players of all time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Who also got drafted into the NBA, I think, at the time he was playing for Bologna in Italy, Manu Ginobili. Not really? The, not the football team, Bologna. No, That's I just think Palacio. he was playing for the football team. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But So, look, we put Palacio in this team and we get Manu Ginobili to show up to matches. Who, by the yeah. way, speaking of bad hair days, late oh, stage man, Manu Ginobili. Bad. Manu Ginobili. <laughs> Oh, he went long with that bad hair day. And he, it wasn't like so, in the in the footballing world, the NBA players, they have to stay on the trends nonstop. Oh, big time. So he you went against away. the grain with that one. Who would you have had on the right wing if not Rodrigo Palacio? I had Rodrigo Palacio, and I also would have put, and this is, again, where I was going 4-4-2, he was part of the two-person formation i would if i'm thinking i don't know if he has the pace for it but he definitely has the the skill gordon pandev oh how did i not think of goran pandev 
Oh my god, with the the landing yeah. strip since he was like twenty. Oh landing wow. strip since he was twenty. You would watch him. I remember watching a game with my dad one time and I think it was a Champions League game. And he was how old is that guy? <laughs> we looked it up at the time, it was like twenty three. And I, I was telling my dad, he's like, There's no way. There's absolutely no way. You know, at the time my dad was probably like late forties, early fifties, yeah. and he was saying he looked older than him, but he it's had the Aryan Robin effect. And he had those thick eyebrows too, which, you know, yeah. contributed. Yeah. So I'd put him out right if we're doing a, if we're a little lopsided with the, the approach, he doesn't have the pace that maybe Gervinho out left has, but he definitely has the touch and the assists to, to feed into our striker. So Pandev or Palacio, because they were the same position at the same club, actually. Because after Lazio, Pandev also went to Inter, right? Well, I think, you know, Palacio make, making the decision to go rat tail, he takes the, the 11. Pandev maybe to. just was, you know, <laughs> genetically, it was going. He didn't want it to. So Ill-advised. Um, so we'll put Palacio, the basketball player, in there. Uh, <laughs> and now, okay, let's save striker for last, right? Okay. So let's go over to the left wing. What are your thoughts here? So I'm still in this 3-4-3. I'm going with Gervinho. And what, what player did you have in your 3-4-3? But wide? we already put Gervinho. Well, who do you have then? Okay. Well, I had Gervinho. Now I'm looking at this and I have options. Okay. W- one of them just named caretaker manager of the German national team after Hansi Flick got sacked. Bundesliga hair from the 80s, Rudi Völle. Ooh. Curly mullet. Yeah. With the mustache. (laughs) I mean, the epitome of the flying Germans of the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, My other choice, and we've discussed him on the podcast, he was also one of the inspirations for this, is your man, Landy Cakes, Donovan. Oof. That's a tough one. That's similar to the Pandev cut, actually. That is maybe not as intense because Pandevs would curl up. It was <laughs> a little more curly. Um, but that's a, that's a good one. I have one for you, and maybe it's a good or bad, but I think there was a period with Mario Hamsik for Napoli. Yeah, Mario Hamsik. When he let the, the mohawk get real, real tall... Oh, and then yeah. he had his intricate mustache beard. He dyed it. There was, I don't know if it was for a weekend game or a month, but there was a portion where it was blonde for a little bit. That was not a good look. And then he, he came out. I remember it was either like a pre-match, post-match. He had these glasses where he looked like a mad scientist <laughs> in his outfit with the hair. And it just screamed, you know, European 2000s. He was full Mohican for a long time with that haircut. Like, I think 10 uh, seasons in career. Yeah. Marek Hamsik. What a player, actually. And never... They never let him leave to get the big move he deserved. Underrated player. Incredibly. I mean, also the numbers he got at, at Napoli, he's a... Uh, He's a, he's a record uh, guy there, you know? I mean, he's got more than his 100 goals. He's got more than 400 appearances. It's really quite impressive. He 
he joined them right when they came back up to City A, actually, back in like 07, 08. Crazy run. But yeah, Hamsik is a good shout. He's also very versatile. Yeah, so I guess our choice at this stage is for that left wing of the three-pronged attack between Malik Hamsik and Rudi Völler with the Bundesliga hair. Thoughts? I think we need to go some Bundesliga hair. Because I think, I think again, on his day, Hamsik's hair would be maybe in the best eleven. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. He could be in the other team, uh, yeah. sitting behind the strikers of the other team. Now, the striker, Roy. This is this is what it all comes down to. Um, and then we'll we'll sum up the team for our listeners before running to a gauntlet of honorable mentions. Who do you have as this striker? So I'm going against what I said was a guiding principle, and I'm going. With, <laughs> you already know who it's who it is. It the better not be World Cup Ronaldo. Unanimous decision, Roy. In a way, I mean, it's iconic, to say the least, and you can't go anywhere with, with anyone else, even if they have truly horrific hairstyles. That's an icon, and the fact that people with one of the worst haircuts were imitating it, as recent as our friend Richarlson, uh, of course, <laughs> doing it. But it was iconic. It came as an accident uh, while he was rooming with Roberto Carlos, I think, during that World Cup. And it's the comeback World Cup of Ronaldo. Like, everyone had written him off after the knee injuries. He comes there, and he actually scores two on the man that's our goalkeeper here to win the World Cup, Oliver Kahn. And a monstrous eight-goal World Cup for Nazario de Lima. Eight goals in five matches. That's outrageous. Which it's, kind of uh, puts, again, not to put them on the same level, Mbappe's total World Cup goals in perspective as well. Yeah. Well, it definitely does, especially if he's going to keep having hat tricks in the finals of World Cups for years to come. Do you think history will remember in 20 years that he did have a hat trick in the World Cup final? You know what I think on that. History remembers winners, but he did win a World Cup already four years before, and he probably looking at the talent France has and keeps developing, he might win one where, or two more. Where are more. they coming up with these players? I mean, I don't want to get on a sidetracked and tangent, but they are they have a talent factory that is just the best in the world right now. But they've taken the right approach on so many levels in France. I mean, in, in terms of industrial sporting policy, they're so good at so many sports right now because they really have invested i think very much in the infrastructure and then if you look at the football they're realistic about what ligon is they didn't they came to the same crossroads city eyes coming to now but they accepted who they are and they said okay what are we going to do instead of pretending to be a big product that we can sell globally yeah. let's become a talent factory and that's what they've done and that's where for example milan goes and signs its best players every year almost yeah and they do uh, have a lot of talented youngsters it's impressive. From the league. And we got a team of talented 11 players with bad haircuts. Roy, are you ready for me to go through this? Yes, please do. Let's see. In goal, Der Titan with the $5 haircut, Oliver Kahn. Respect. Three at the back with these weird parted bead dreads, Bakari Sanya. In the middle, with luscious golden locks and no headband to hold them in place, 
10 inch toenails, Carlos Puyol. Next to him, what they called the Rolls Royce of a defender. In this case, with the bleached blonde hair in the picture next to Fergie, it's Rio Ferdinand. In the middle, right mid, with the blonde cornrows coming back from spring break in the Caribbean, it's David Beckham. In the middle, Sir Bobby Charlton with the parting uh, comb over next to late 90s Zinedine Zidane. Wearing the number 21. I don't want him in this team with the number 10. He has to wear the number 21. Left mid with the toupee that isn't even his real hair. That's so <laughs> iconic. It's Gervinho. Then flanking our striker here. Rat tail basketball star Rodrigo Palacio. And on the left, Bundesliga hair master Rudi Fela. All in service of Nazario Dalima, Ronaldo Fenomeno. What a squad. That's a squad. I was, I think we have our work cut out for us on the right hand side a little bit, but in general, overall, pretty, pretty solid squad. I think very solid, starting from the solidity at the back. And then, um, you know, it might be a bit of an ego locker room in terms of uh, in terms of who's leading, in terms of who's holding who accountable. I'm looking at Nazario Dalima. I'm looking at Gervinho, Zidane, Rudi Fuller, Beckham with uh, all his action in the press. Yeah, but, but you have you have Carlos Puyol and Oliver Kahn. I think they they ground that locker room. Roy, this leaves us with one thing: who will be the master tactician and managing? Conte. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God, he would hate managing some of these players. <laughs> that makes it even better. Oh, it makes it so good. He's gonna be. He's gonna do the whole show he did at Spurs. Where I, I, I was just thinking as I said it. What a what a delightful way to leave. Just bashing your. Employer. I work hard every day. Respect, <laughs> respect. This team last year, seventh place. Now with Antonio Conte, fourth place. No investment from the chairman. And you won Champions League. Antonio that was Conte. not a recording. That was Nicola. <laughs> it was. I mean, he acted like he didn't want to be there from day one. It was really. I mean, he, got, he, got, he got sacked shortly after. So. They, they found him after like the last press conference on his iPad, on a Ryanair flight, low cost, back to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so Antonio Conte managing this team of, uh, of players with horrible hair, something he could, uh, he could empathize with at some point in his career before he decided to get a dead cat transplanted onto the top of his head. Listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.